Hey everyone, uh, we're done game three. The Bucks have tied it two one. I think I said, I think I said they would go down. They would either go two two or two three one. I think I said two two. I think I settled on two two. So I I thought they would win this game. You know, I just the way I do these games, like I've said, I do what can be replicated and what can't. So like, I didn't think Drew and Middleton were gonna be ass again, like absolutely garbage again. And they weren't like Middleton, like still didn't shoot it that well. He didn't have that huge, like thirty-five points on seventy percent shooting type game. But he had a much better game, and Drew had a really good game. And the rest of the production was pretty much the same. Giannis, like, you know, it's not shocking that Giannis is putting up the numbers that he is against his team. Like this is this is what he's essentially been doing the entire time against the Suns. I think in the two meetings in the regular season, it was forty points again. And game two was 40 points as well. Um, so it's not shocking to me at all that he's doing these numbers. Like, when he, when I did my preview for, not preview, I guess, I guess a preview for game three, I said, I think Giannis can do this again. And I think Middleton and Drew are going to be much better. And I think they're going to be able to win either one or two games at home. I didn't think it was going to be a sweep at all, and it's not. Uh, one thing I had to say is, like, Giannis, like I don't think skill-wise, Giannis has gotten better at all. But what what's made him a better player is the fact that he is understanding that you. I am not that ball handler. I am a big man. I am an Anthony Davis in New Orleans type of big man. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. I'm going to kill you guys to death on this. And then I'm going to do like a couple, uh, you know, post-up stuff. And, you know, the Suns, like, I thought it was insane already that the Suns went into the playoffs without a backup center. Like, obviously, like, they had, they thought Sarek is our guy. But, like, Sarek's not really your guy. There's some, like, there's some matchups that you just can't play Sarek in. And this is one of those matchups. You just cannot play Sarek in. So, like, even though he's not here, even though he got injured, obviously, like, I just don't think he would have been able to help that much in the series anyways. So I thought they needed, like, that, like a traditional big man type, like that, like a good, decent backup center. I'm just trying to think, like, like a Dwight Howard type, something like that. You know, just someone that you can put on Giannis when DeAndre Ayton's not in the game. Because Jay Crowder... He just has nothing for him. Like, he's, he's like, a really solid role player. But he's, like, low-key one of... Now I don't want to say one of... Like, I'm, I'm trying to phrase it properly. He's just not... He's not quick enough to stay with, like, like the elite wing guys. And he's not big and strong enough to go with, like, the post-up guys. You know, he's a 3-4-4-3 who's just a little too small and a little too short. That's just what I think. Uh, he had a good shooting night, but, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, like it's Jay Crowder. He's not setting anything up. He's not commanding double teams. It's mostly, like, yeah, we, we'll let you have those threes. You can just keep going. And they wasted a good game from him because, you know, he's a streaky shooter, so he's not like he's going to do that again. And, you know, you got to mention Scott Foster. Scott Foster is, you know, Chris Paul's rival. Chris Paul hates Scott Foster. Chris pa- Scott Foster is the reason they lost his game. Scott Foster is the reason Devin Booker sucked on offense, Devin Booker missed all those threes because Scott Foster was on the court. That's exactly why they lost. The 
son's lost because Scott Foster is the reason Giannis was scoring all those, you know, wide open points. Scott Foster is the reason Giannis was getting pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, dunk after dunk after dunk. That's why that's why Scott Foster should be, you know, put on a stake and that's it. I'm just I'm being completely honest. Chris Paul needs to get the fuck over this. It's so fucking annoying. The whole oh you know oh, dude, what is that twelve three game? Shut the fuck up, man. It's getting so annoying. They honestly the NBA should have had Scott Foster ref game one and two, just to see. That's like just to get this bullshit over with already. Like I'm so tired of Chris Paul and this Scott Foster nonsense. Uh, the other thing I noticed from this game is just the DeAndre Ayton thing. Like in the first half, I was like I was watching the first time. Like yo, he might actually like. Steel Finals MVP because he had 16 points in like 15 minutes, 708 shooting, and then he entered the game. And this was in the first half with like seven minutes to go. He had 16 points, 708 shooting. I'm like, oh shit. You know, I was talking to my, one of my friends. I'm like, yo, he might steal Finals MVP. And then he ends the game with 18 points. And, you know, that, guy, that, that just kind of shows you that he's like extremely limited on offense as well. You know, people like... Like, he's not as limited as Rudy, obviously, but he's also, like, pretty limited where you, you can't just give him the ball and be like, okay, go do something. Essentially, all, I think I, I looked it up, it was, like, 88% of his points are assisted. So, you know, it's not, like, terribly different from Rudy or, like, all these other, you know, pick-and-roll guys. So, the only difference is, like, he can hit a little bit of a jump shot. He can... He's got, like, a little hook shot, but... Even then, it's not like he's a power guy when he should be a power guy. Where it's, I get the ball, I have this smaller guy on me, well, hit you in the chest and dunk it. He doesn't do any of that type of stuff. Um, what else did I know? Oh, Devin has to be better, and I think he will be better next game. Um, Monty, you know, he, he just rested him essentially the entire fourth quarter. Um, so we'll see. Maybe, you know, Devin's actually, if you look at his splits since he... Like, before and after he broke his nose, like, they're pretty insane. Devin was having a tremendous playoff before, his to- uh, before he broke his nose. Since then, he just has not been good. He's been shooting really awfully. Awfully? Is that a word? Been shooting bad, let's just say that. Um, so, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it at all, but, like, that's just what I've noticed, like, a little bit. Um, because I imagine... Your nose is just sensitive and you don't want to go to the rim as much because, like, you know, any little thing hits this and, like, the, the nose is so sensitive, so I, I understand it a little bit, but that, that has nothing to do with him going 107 from three and missing a bunch of, you know, reasonably open jumpers. So he has to be better. And, you know, for the Sun side, what they just have to do... There's only a couple things that they have to do, like... Cam Johnson had a good game. Chris Paul still had a pretty decent game. DeAndre Ayton, like, he was a no-show in the second half. But, like, you know, he, he had a good game. Jay had a good game. Like, and, you know, like I said, with Mikel, like, he's another guy where it's like, you know, he's up and downs. And they, tonight he was down. Like, he just didn't have anything to do tonight. Um, the Bucks defense, uh, last game they overhelped. You know, Brooke was in perfect position. I thought he played tremendous defense. But for some reason, they were overhelping off the corners. Uh, the corner man was just... On the pick and roll, the corner man would get right to the paint, like a little too much. This this time, they were a lot better at that. That's why I guess Mikel did get a lot of open threes and like stuff like that. Or, yeah, 
Yeah, Mikel. Uh, I was thinking of Miles for some reason. Mikel, um, yeah. Uh, what else did I want to talk about from this game? Oh, okay, the Suns have to figure out a way to stop the Giannis pick and roll. Like, they have to do something with that. Um, because this is two straight games, 40 points, four times this year he scored 40 on you guys. you got to do something about it. You know, it's, you got, if I'm dumb, I'm just matching straight up DeAndre Ayton with Giannis, like, minute for minute. And, you know, that's just what we have to do. No more Frank Kaminsky because if you look, if you look at his pick and rolls, he's afraid to go up. He gets the ball and if, and he's he's thinking like, oh, I made the right play. It's like, nah, the right play is probably you getting that layup instead of you passing it out. And I just feel like he's afraid out there, and I can't trust people that are afraid out there. Um, anything else from this game that I, like I really want to talk about? I think from the Sun side, all you have to lo- really look at is, you know, we gave up 120 points. Um, Chris Paul didn't like like he had a fine game, but he didn't have a great game. Like he missed some open jumpers. Uh, Devin had an awful game. DeAndre Ayton was essentially you know a no show in the second half, and uh, you know we 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 still had you know if we didn't go, if we didn't let them go on a thirty to nine fucking run, like we were in this game. You know I think in the third I think the halftime was fifteen point deficit. In the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, it got down to like six. And that's when it just, like, the wheels fell off. And um, so, like, yeah, they were in the game. And then their, their defense just collapsed for, like, a couple minutes and it was over. Uh, if you're the Bucks, you have to be excited because, you know, Giannis has, what, scored 40 in five games against this team now. So, like, I don't think expecting 30 to 35 out of Giannis again is like far-fetched I think he can do that again I don't think and like Drew and Middleton like Drew had a nice game Middleton still hasn't had like that elite game like game one even though he had like the 20 something points 27 28 29 I can't remember but even then like he didn't have a great shooting night so he still hasn't had his great shooting night yet and Drew like he had a pretty good game and there's no reason why he can't replicate that you know he might have a 15 point game but like Maybe maybe Middleton has a 25-point game this time. So I think for game four, game four, I'm expecting, I'm going to say a combined, uh, let's go with 75 points from their big three. Mm, 30, 20. Yeah, yeah, let's go with 75 points from their big three. I'm expecting like a 30 to 35 from Giannis. I'm expecting 20 to 25 from Middleton. And then around 20 from Drew. I think that's around 15 to 20 from Drew. I think Drew's going to fall off a little because he made five threes this game, I think. And I don't think he's going to do that again. Um, I think it's going to go 2-2. And then we're going to go back to um, Phoenix. Uh, The other thing I saw was Giannis, his free throw was actually much faster tonight like much faster usually like if you actually count it, it he he shoots it at like 12 tonight i was counting and i was like oh he's actually shooting it at like eight or nine so like and one of the things that's always been funny to me is like Giannis kept his routine up even though he was like a 60 percent free throw shooter so it's like yeah you're not even shooting that well so why are you shooting this at all 
you know, why are you doing this routine at all, even though you're not a good shooter? So that was always strange to me. You know, the games like this, it's hard. You know, you really got to not overreact just because it's like, okay, so, you know, the, the Suns played a horrendous offensive game. You know, you can't look at this type of game and be like, oh, you know, this is what they are now. So, you, you, you know, it's hard not to do it at times because I watched that game. I'm like, oh, shit, the, the Bucks scored so easily. They could keep just doing this. And it's like, yeah, maybe Giannis can. But I'm not sure the Bucks are going to score 120 points again and again and again. And I don't think the Suns are going to score just 100 points again and again and again. You know, even with, like, the Saric injury, they're pretty healthy. And, you know, you, you really just have to look at it from, you know, a bigger point and you have to zoom out and look at it so i still think the suns in six i know i had bucks okay so i had bucks in six at first and then i remember they play like dickheads and you know i was looking at deandre Aiden and just going you know what you know i had him as a no 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 i i looked at chris paul and i was like oh you know he's a superstar you know, he's not just a star. He's a superstar. He's a superstar still. And, you know, if I still believe that, I have to keep thinking that. You know, I'm not just going to change it after one game. And I'm not expecting Devin Booker to go, what was it, 2 for 98 tonight, I think. That's what he went, 2 for 98. So I don't expect that again. And I I think the Bucks are going to win the next game because I think Middleton's going to have one more huge game. Not well, not one more because he hasn't had a huge game yet. But like I think Middleton's gonna have a huge game. They're gonna tie the series up two two. Go to Phoenix and lose. Then come home and lose. Uh, that's just how I think it's gonna happen. If it doesn't, awesome. Uh, awesome if it goes seven games. If <laughs> if you know the Bucks just end up like rolling. Actually no. I mean the Suns just end up rolling them game three and four. No no game four and five. Then it's gonna be different. It's not gonna be as fun unless the games are good. I guess. Um, so yeah, that's all I had for the game. The next thing I want to talk about is because I forgot about this last time. Let's do some trades. So I actually have a lot of trades. Some of them, like, I'm just throwing these out there. I'm not like, like there's some I'm like pretty serious about where they're like, oh, I think they can actually help both teams. Then there's some where I'm just like kind of throwing it out, you know, just see how each fan base thinks. Whew. So I have a bunch of teams that I'm doing. I'm doing the Hornets. I'm doing the Kings, the Magic, and the Nuggets. And obviously, they're going to be involved with other teams. But these are the teams that I used as, like, the template, I guess. So, the Hornets, I had Gordon Hayward for Christos Przingis. And this is one I actually think makes sense. Because if you look at the, um, what's it called? The Mavericks. Unless... Okay, so I, I'm going to say the good sides, and then I'm going to say the bad sides. If you look at the Mavericks, they don't really need KP. Like, KP doesn't really provide us, like, what we thought he would. And if, let's say they just had a Gordon Hayward type of player there, where it's just 18 points, consistent 18 to 20 points, 17 to 18 points, you know, does a little bit of the ball handling when, you know, uh, Luka's not on the floor. Because let's be honest, if they just had even like a consistent 15 to 18 point guy who can run the offense for a little bit. They would have won that they would have won that series against the Clippers. They just would have. And Luka looks to be good enough where he doesn't need a superstar next to him to win. He's just that dominant on offense. 
So I think it could help them in the short term because Hayward is better, and I think he probably just fits a little better next to Luca. Um, and for the Hornets, you get another, you get a young guy. I think KP is only twenty four, twenty five. Uh, and even though he had an awful playoffs, the dude averaged twenty and ten in the regular season on like thirty eight percent shooting from three. So like you have a stretch five right there. You, next season, if you're the Hornets, you go Lamelo, you go Terry, you go Miles, you go PJ, and you go KP. Like that's a fucking awesome five out type of lineup. And you know uh, what's the name? James Perego. He's a good fucking coach. I, th- I feel like he's going to do really good with KP where he's like, you know what? I need you to do a 50-50 split on the pick and pop, pick and roll. You have to go to the fucking rim. And, you know, the positive for the Hornets, the other side also would be, you know, I, th- I think since they, not, I guess it's not a positive positive, but if they don't have, because they, they don't have a Luka type of player, like Lamelo's obviously good, but he's not Luka. So since they don't have that, it can be like KP actually gets touches on the post and like more touches just on the spots that he likes. Um, so you can use him more instead of just having him spread out and shit. Uh, the other thing is um, if KP actually gets like a full off season and he's perfect for next season, now you actually have like an actual good player because if he's the 20 and 10 guy who can also protect the fucking rim, now that's a that's actually like a good, like borderline all star type player, and if you're the Dallas Mavericks, that's the risk that you're taking if you trade him, because if you trade him and he goes back to being twenty point twenty two points, ten rebounds, getting to the free throw line and blocking shots, and being like a near all star level player, all defense type of player, then like yeah you fucked up, and the other thing is like it's not like Gordon Hayward's like injury free or something you know what I mean, so it's a risk but I think. I think it's one that you have to actually think about. So that's just what I had for that one. All right, let's go to the next trade. Uh, Hayward for Cam Reddish and Danilo Gallinari. So this is assuming, this is assuming John Collins leaves. If John Collins stays, then you don't do this trade uh, because there's just no space. Because then you have, you know, Trey, Bogdan, Hunter, Collins... Capella, then you, you can't have, you know, Hayward coming off the bench. He's too good for that. This would be a trade. If you trade Collins, you go Trey, Bogdan, Hayward, Hunter, Capella. I think that makes more sense. And that's a pretty... That's, and, you know, like I've been talking about with Collins, like he's... He's just disappeared. Like, even though I've been impressed... I was impressed by, you know, his rebounding and him being a much better defender than I thought he was. He was still averaging, like, what, 14 points? So, like, he was still invisible on um, offense just because Capella's there. Like, he can't do, like, the pick-and-roll stuff. You know, he can't excel at that type of stuff. With Hayward, he's a more of a perimeter player, and he can, you know, create his own shot and stuff like that. So, it just makes more sense. Whew. Um, and if you're the Hornets, you get back Collins, you know, a good player. And I think uh, you get Collins back, and you get Reddish back, another wing. So, like... You know, you have young wings, a young wing and a young big. So, like, you have something going forward. Um, and he makes more sense with, what's his name, um, Lamelo. you know, just throwing lobs up to him all the time, running in transition and whatnot. Um, 
And you also get, obviously, Gallo. I think that's more for the contract. You know, you have him coming off the bench. I think at that point, if you have all those players, you would probably have to trade one of Miles or PJ. And I, and I still think, like, both of them are power forwards slash small forwards. Um, you know, neither of them are, like, big enough to play center, like, to close close games against, like, actual good teams. Mainly because they're not rim protectors and they're not big enough. They're both power forwards slash small forwards, and they're a little undersized to be power forwards, too. I think they're both, like, 6'7 and 6'6". Six, six. So they're not that big. Um, if I'm dumb, I'm picking... Uh, I would pick Miles Bridges over P.J. Washington because I think he's more athletic and he's a better shooter. I think he almost shot 50-40-90 this year. Or maybe it was like 50-40-85, something like that. And, you know, ultra-athletic and all that stuff. Um, what else? For that trade, I think the Hawks would be, like, really fucking good next year with that trade. And if you're the Hawks, you also have to look to... Like, what are you going to do with that Bogdan and Herter situation? Because maybe you don't really have to do anything. I think there's enough minutes for both of them, I guess. I guess, yeah. There's probably... like Herter's not good enough yet for that to be, like, an actual issue. Kind of like how I feel about Onyeka and uh, Capella. Like, Onyeka's not good enough right now to take over, like, the Capella spot. Ooh... Interesting. Um, all right, next I have... I, I don't know about this one. I just I just kind of threw it out. Gordon Hayward for... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm outside and there's a lot of... I'm on my balcony recording this. Um, it's, it's in the morning and there's a lot of birds out. My bad. Once again, it's actually not bad. There's a cat looking right at me. It's a black cat too. It's like very tiny. And I think my neighbors... My neighbors might have like a rat problem, honestly, because I think it's the same fucking rat, though. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's like a rat problem. It's a, it's not a rat's problem. I think it's just like a one rat problem. Because always that one rat like just keeps. Maybe it's like a pet, honestly. Like I know, I know some people that actually have pets as rats, and I think that's fucking insane. But like, it's just this one rat that's just always running out of their um, backyard. Right now, it's sitting under the car. I don't know what the... Like, it's the same fucking rat all the time. Looking at my lawn, it looks fucking amazing, honestly. The grass, I think we just had new grass put in. It looks amazing. Uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Gordon Hayward. The last trade I had... I'm not really entirely sure about this. Uh, for the, Actually, I am. I am. I'm going Gordon Hayward for Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton. So, I think Devontae Graham, he's like a restricted free agent or something. I'm not sure. Unrestricted, maybe. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so you get Melton, who's under contract, and he's fucking good. Like, he just learned how to shoot out of nowhere. So he's a good defensive player, and he can shoot. Now you can play him next to uh, LaMelo and Terry. Um, and you get Kyle Anderson. He's just way healthier, and he's on a shorter contract than Gordon Hayward. And if you're Memphis, you just get more talent. Like, in the West, it's so hard to fucking win. So you just get more talent on the wing then also like if he gets Hay- if Hayward gets injured for like a little bit you have enough talent behind him like with Bain and um, Clark and all those other players uh, what's his name uh, Justin Winslow still there I'm not sure if he's actually any good anymore I think I think for him it's more that he just keeps getting injured if I'm not mistaken but you know they have enough players where if Hayward gets injured for a little bit like they have enough to back it up and if he doesn't get injured you just get a more talented player instead of Kyle Anderson in there all right, the other other trades I had was 
had was. Does that make any sense? The other trades I have are Terry Rozier, because I think you have to trade Terry. I don't. I just think the backcourt defense is just isn't good enough. I think you have to trade him for, like, if you're going with LaMelo and another point, like, Terry's a shooting guard, 6'1", but, like, I just don't think – I just think they're a little – you have to – I think with LaMelo, if you're going to put another, like, just average-ish defender out there, you have, they have to be bigger. Like, I've always had a problem with this where you have a big point guard, but you don't take advantage of it. You put, you put another small person next to him. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, I, I just looked at the Lakers, like, last year. I didn't even like it when they had Avery in there, honestly, because my whole thing was like, okay, you have LeBron at point guard. Why am I putting another 6'1 fucking guy out there? The whole point of putting LeBron at point guard so I get mismatches. I want to go big. You know, I want to go LeBron. I want to go 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", you know, 6'9", 6'10", 7 feet. That's what I want to go out there. Instead, they went with LeBron, and then they put fucking Avery Bradley 6'1 out there. That made no sense to me. So if, you, if I'm the Hornets, what I'm doing is I'm getting LaMelo, and I'm going to put, like, um, oh, the trade that I had with uh, Terry for a sign-in trade with Tim Hardaway uh, Jr. from the Dallas Mavericks. So you get LaMelo and Tim Hardaway out there. And Tim Hardaway's defense actually, like, it didn't impress me, but he was better than what I thought he was. So, you know, he tries hard, and, you know, he's quick and whatnot. So you get him and LaMelo back there. Now you're backcourt 6'6". Both of them are 6'6", six, six, instead of 6'1 six, and 6'6". Six, six. And he doesn't need the ball as much. He's more of like a catch-and-shoot, catch-and-drive type of guy. He's not a let-me-bring-the-ball-up-let-me-do-this-type-of-stuff. And, you know, Terry, no offense to him, but he's kind of like a ball-stopper as well when he has it. Oh. Um, and if you're, if you're the Mavericks, you, like, I think... I think he just makes more, I think he makes more, like, Terry makes more sense with Luka because I think, he, like, he is a guy that can just initiate offense and just, like, he, he's a consistent 18 to 20 points, like Terry is, on, like, decent shooting. Like, he's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's not a bad player. It's, I think he would just fit better next to Luka. Yeah, I think he would fit better next to Luka because he's a guy where if Luka's sitting for eight minutes, you know, he can come in and he can get some buckets. Like, by himself, he can create his own shot. That was the thing with Tim Hardaway. Like, if even if you had him on the court without Luka, it's not like he could create his own shot. You know, he had to be set up and whatnot. Terry can create his own shot. And, like, he was so insanely clutch this year. Like, I could definitely see him, like, making some... Like, if you watch the um, Dallas Clippers series, Reggie Jackson was just making absurd clutch shots again and again and again. I could definitely see Terry doing that for the Mavericks. Ooh, the other one I had was Terry for Zubak and Patrick Beverly. Uh, once again, the Hornets have no defense. Like, their, their center position is ass. So, like, it's Biombo and Cody Zeller. They're not doing anything. So you get Zubak, who's an actual good center. He can play you 28 to 30 minutes nightly in, like, good production. Uh, you know, he's a strong finisher, good hands, good rebounder. You know, good shot blocker. He's just like people knock him for not being able to guard Nikola Jokic. Like, what the fuck? That's Nikola fucking Jokic. Of course, he can't guard him. You know, like, and if you look at like the Luca stuff, where it's like, oh, you know, you know, Luca just kept targeting him. If you look at the shots that Luca took, they were fucking absurd shots. I, he just has like confidence against Zubak for some reason. It's like he was just making them against Zubak, but like, they were hard, tough shots. Like, they weren't easy shots that Luca was making. 
And, um, yeah, I just think he's a good player. So, you know, and he's pretty young too. So, I think, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's 24, 25. Maybe even younger than that, honestly. I don't, like, fully remember. But like, I'm going to guess 24. I think he's 24. So, the Hornets get a good young center. He can catch a lot. He's pretty athletic too. And he runs the floor well. So, you get him. And then you also get Patrick Beverly defense. You know, you already lost Devontae Graham. And, you know, Patrick Beverly, like, Luca ate him up. Like, like people aren't going to talk about that, but Luca ate him up too. But, you know, he's a solid player. It's only for one year. And uh, if you're the Clippers, you're going to lose Reggie Jackson. So you have to replace that production somewhere. And, you know, you, you just look at how well they play with another guy, like a point guard who can just get 18, like 18 or 20 points, spread the floor. You know, I said Terry's not a great defender. He's not a great defender, but like Reggie wasn't either. But he's a solid defender. And I'm sure with Tyron Lue out there, like doing all the adjustments and shit, he would be a much better defender than what he's shown to be. Um, so I think I think that would work as well. He would just be like a Reggie Jackson replacement for them. All right, let's move on to the Kings. The Kings. Uh, I have Harrison Barnes for Robert Covington and a first. Um, I just don't think Harrison. I think for the Portland Trailblazers, firstly, this is a this is an upgrade that. You know, you just get bigger and you get stronger. I think he can be like a like a better four. Like, they put Roku at four and he's just not a four. I think Harrison Martin is like a legit four. Like a legit four-three instead of a three-four that Roku is. He's stronger, he's bigger. And, you know, talent-wise, he's just much better. He can get you... Like, he's like a legit, like, 17 to 18 points per game type of guy. And he can make threes. And, like, he's an actual good shooter and not a streaky shooter that Roku is. And if you're the Kings, you kind of just take a bet on Portland blowing it up firstly, so you get that first. And even if they don't blow it up, it's not like they're that great. So, like, you're still getting, like, a top 15, 20, 20 to 15 pick. And Rocco, like, he's on a shorter contract, and, you know, he plays defense, makes threes. Like, that's all he does. You know, he's not a guy you have to, like, set up plays for and whatnot. So, you know, Deon, what's his name? Uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese have the ball even more. The second trade I had was Bagley for Wood. Uh, Bagley's 21, Wood's 25. So if you're the Rockets, you can be like, eh, you know what, let's just take a chance on the younger guy who's, you know, shown similar talent to Christian Wood. Um, and if you're the Kings, you know, Wood's just a, Wood is just a better player right now, even though he's got injury concerns. Not that Bagley doesn't, I guess. But you just get a talent upgrade. Um... What else did I have? Oh, yeah. Buddy Healed. Actually, no. I'm not even going to do that one. I'm just thinking about it in my head. I'm not going to do it now. All right. Let's move on to the magic. Terrence Ross for a sign and trade with Kelly Oubre. Uh, it depends on the contract, honestly. If it's not a big... If it's not over 18 to 20... If not over 18 mil, I think you have to do it. Like, you know, Kelly Oubre, like... He's not a great player, but, like, he's an exciting player. He might, like, sell some jerseys. not... Like he's not that, he 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 might have he might get you some highlights at least, you know what I mean? And you know if he's on that team that doesn't have that much talent, although they are getting what the two top eight picks, so they might actually have some talent. But like, you know he's a guy that can average you know seventeen to eighteen points on his when he has like the green the green light he can get some dunks, get the crowd excited and shit like that. And he's not like an awful player. Like he's 
not a great player, but he's not an awful player. He's a fine player. And if you're the Magic, you know, you're fine with, you're fine, with fine right now. And he is a better player than Terrence Ross. But if you're the Warriors, you don't really need Kelly fucking Oubre. You just need a guy off the bench that can get hot and that can play next to, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond and all these other players. And he can just come off the bench, get us, you know, 12 to 15 points. And on some nights, just get super fucking hot and get us, you know, 25 to 30. And he can also, like, um, you know, come off screens. He's actually, like, pretty good off the ball. Like, he'll, he'll come off screens um, and whatnot. So... It makes sense for both teams. Like, for the Magic, you get a better player. For the Warriors, you get a, a better fit. Hmm. Uh, Terrence Ross for Joe Harris. I'm doing this one just because I feel like if you're the Nets and you watch Joe Harris in the playoffs, you have to be thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, we just gave 20 million. I think it's 18 million a year, maybe. 20, I can't remember exactly. 18. Uh, hold up. I think it's 18.5 a year to Joe Harris and this dude just fucking cost us a, the Milwaukee series. Like, he legitimately did. Like, he was so bad in that game f- four. Yeah, no. Maybe game three. I don't remember exactly. There was one game he was, like, horrendous in, and he was just not good in the playoffs. So maybe you're like, yo, we're paying a lot of money this, to this guy. Maybe what we should do is Kyrie, Harden, KD, let's get another power forward in there, like another wing. That like a cheap win. Let's get Jeff Green back and let's put him there. Let's get even bigger. It's like we already have enough shooting. Why do we need Joe Harris there? And then um, your know, Terrence Ross can just be our you know bench guy, getting us 15 or 20 because we're not next year. We're not gonna have like our be- like our bench was really ass. Like they didn't have anything coming off the bench. Like Landry Shamit's not giving them anything, and he's not gonna be there. Like TLC is not even playing for them. Wasn't playing for them and. It was Mike James. Who who else was out there? Like at some point they were only playing like six or seven guys. Terrence Ross is a guy you can actually like play twenty to twenty four minutes, and I don't think he's a guy that like simply cannot play in a series. I think he's a guy that can no matter what play twenty minutes in a series, and I think he would for the Nets. And um, you know he can be he he would be a better like Shamit and TLC and all those players for you. And on top of that, now you like Joe Harris is someone you have to count on. Now you don't have to count on someone. Now you just have like your guys and that's it. Now you don't have to pass it to Joe Harris because he's open. Because you know, your Joe Harris now is Terrence Ross, who in these moments would probably be on the bench. And on top of that, you save a lot of fucking money. Like a lot of fucking money. Um and it's a shorter contract too by one year, so like Maybe the GM's like, maybe the GM does it because like the owner says like, hey, Joe Harris was ass. We don't want him on the team anymore. Let's get him out of here. Especially because like, you know, we're paying Kyrie the max. We're going to have to pay Harden. We're already paying KD. We're playing DeAndre Jordan 10 mil a fucking year or something. And he doesn't even fucking play. So, yeah. And now we're playing Joe Harris 20 mil a year or two. Nah, let's not, we're not doing that. Then at some point, I guess we're going to have to play Claxton as well. It's a lot of fucking money. Um, so, yeah. And for the Magic, like, Joe Harris is a better player. He's actually, not, he's actually a starter. Um, maybe they can do Ross and Gary Harris for Joe Harris. Because I think you get two wings now. Gary Harris plays much better defense. He can actually be out there. So, maybe. I don't know. The next one, these ones are interesting. These ones are actually, like, super fucking interesting. Because I think both teams would say no 
But I think it would make sense for both teams. Maybe not for one of the teams. Maybe not for the one of the teams. Maybe. Okay, so the, it's, I'm on to the Denver Nuggets now. I tried doing some trades for the Utah Jazz and the Nets. I just couldn't come up with any. I just couldn't come up with, like, I, I guess I came with the Joe Harris one, but that was more, I was looking at it from the Orlando Magic side. Let's look at the, um, the Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. for Mikel Bridges. Firstly, Mikel, exactly what the Nuggets fucking need. A 3 and D guy. He's, he can guard one through three, some fours. You know, if the four is a wing, he can guard them. Or if the four is, like, a not talented four, he can guard them. He makes, like, 40-plus percent of his threes. Great defender. And he's young. And, he's like, he's going to get paid, too. He's going to get, like, 15 to 20 mil a year. So, like, he's a good fucking player. That's what you get. And if you're the Suns, like, you have DeAndre. Like, okay, this is why I'm trading Michael Porter Jr. I just, he was so bad on defense. And I just think if you have... Jokic there you just need much better defenders on the wing you just can't have that many weak links on defense or like that many average defenders like Jamal I think he's an average-ish defender Gordon's a good defender but he can't shoot so it's like he's not that great like I have some trades for him too anyways um and Michael Porter Jr. is a bad defender so you have and you're shooting guard I don't even know who the fuck it is like what is it gonna be like um Will Barton like Will Barton's all right so you have average then you have all right. Then you have like below average in Michael Porter Jr. Then you have pretty good in uh, Gordon. And then you have like average in uh, Jokic. Like even though I think Jokic is a much better defender than what people think he is, he's still average. Like if like he he would be good enough um, to have Michael Porter Jr. still on the team if he was a much better defender. So. You know, if you put Michael Porter Jr. on the Suns, DeAndre Ayton, he, I think he's a good enough defender that he can be on the team. So you would have Chris Paul, a pretty good defender. Devin, not a great defender. Like, I would say average, like average. So like, that's your Jamal Murray, like the average defender. Chris Paul, the all-right defender. But he's more than all-right because he's just, like, way smarter than Will Byron on defense. And then you have Jake Crowder, pretty good. Then you have uh, Michael Porter Jr., below average. But DeAndre Ayn, he's a good defender. He's a good defensive center, so that matters a lot. And, um, yeah, like, I think that would just make more sense. And you get just get more scoring. Like, right now, the only two people that actually do the scoring for the Suns or, like, create everything for the Suns is Chris Paul and Devin Booker. If you go, like, Mikel, you can't count. Like, he had the 27 points, and then it's 7 points. With Michael Porter Jr., it's a consistent, like, you know, 17 to 25 points. Like, he does that type of stuff. All right, the next trade is for Michael Porter Jr. again. Keldon Johnson and a lottery, like a top seven protected pick. Because I think Keldon's only 21. He had a great fucking year. I think he was like 15 points and eight rebounds. Like a really good defensive player. You know, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Only like 34%, I think. So, like, that's going to be an issue. If I if I do the trade, I'm trading Aaron Gordon for a better shooter. Um, for a better, like, a 3 and D type of guy. And I have, I have that trade coming up later, too, for Aaron Gordon. So, I think I think Keldon's, like, a really good, solid player. And I think he, he's, so, he's, he's a much better perimeter defender. And I think he would be nice with, um, you know, Jokic and them. And he's young as fuck, too. So, he's got a lot of potential, too. You're not losing that much. Like... Michael Porter Jr.'s potential is insane, but it's actually less than what people think because he's such an awful ball handler. 
So, you know, people talk about, like, the KD stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. KD was a much better ball handler even when he was, like, a rookie. Michael Porter Jr., on the other hand, he's more like Clay Thompson. You know, he's taller Clay. He can't play defense yet, though. And so, next you get Keldon and, like, a top seven protected pick. So, you have, like, a pretty... I mean, you get a pick. You get a first-round pick. So, like, it's not like with Michael Porter Jr., like, the, um, the Spurs are just going to be, like, an amazing team out of nowhere. So, and the Spurs have a good defensive structure to make up for Michael Porter Jr. not being a great defensive player. You know, Portal's good. Murray's good. White is good. Um, who else do they have? Lonnie is pretty solid. It's like they have just a lot of defensive firepower next to Michael Porter Jr. to do it. And I think... Pop would do a good job with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, the next trade I have, like, I actually asked some of my friends because they're Raptors fans for this one. Michael Porter Jr. for OG and Anobi. OG's pretty young, 23, 24 years old. He upped his three-point... No, he didn't up to his three-point shooting. I think he still shot 39%, but he upped his attempts. I, mean, I was worried about OG where I just thought, like, yeah, he shot 39%, but he's taking three fucking threes. Like, what does that even mean? This year, he averaged, like, what, 14 points, 15 points? And he took six threes, and he's still making, like, 39, 40% of them. So, like, he can do that. He improved, like, his off-the-dribble game a little. Uh, he had, like, a little post-up game. Like, he's adding some stuff, obviously. And, you know, for my money, I think he's the best perimeter wing defender in the league. And he can guard some fours. He can guard some fives. Like, he can guard, like, a Bam Adebayo type of five. He can, guard, he can even guard, like, a DeAndre Ayn. Like, Ayn will just have to make a lot of fadeaways and hook shots over him. He's not going to bully OG and Anobi. Like, he might bully him on the rebounds. But, like, just scoring the ball, I don't think he would. Whew. So, he can guard a lot of centers. He can guard a lot of power forwards. He can guard, like, the wings for you. And he can make 40% of the threes. And, he, you know, Jokic can throw it to him and he can, you know, ha- dribble. Ha- not, I guess not a dribble handoff. Unless he goes right to the rim with it. I just think defensively, they would be so much better with OG. And, like, he's a good enough offensive player that it doesn't hurt that much. And, you know, he, he's the type of defender and player that you need next to Murray and Jokic. Michael Porter Jr. obviously just takes them to another level on offense. I just don't think defensively does much for them. And if you're the Raptors, you get a 20-point, like, three-point specialist. And they have enough defense, and, like, they have the coach to make up for it. And they have a top-four pick, so they can even do better than that. So now you got Siakam, good defender. Fred, good defender. Lowry might come back, good defender. Even if he doesn't, whatever. Gary Trent Jr., solid defender. And then you have Nick Nurse, probably, like, the best defensive mind in the league right now. The way he, like, you know, comes up with these defenses to trick. uh, Because in the NBA, like, all you can really do is try to trick players and teams. And I think no one does it better than Nick Nurse right now. So, and that's a trade I, I honestly think both teams would say no to. I think a lot of these are. Because I've seen a lot of Suns fans be like, you know, Mikel's better than Porter Jr. And like, you know, they were talking so much shit during the Suns Nuggets series where they're like, oh, Michael Porter Jr. can't even stay on the fucking court. And they were right, he couldn't. Um... The other trade that I had was Aaron Gordon for Rocco. I think I would do that trade if I'm trading Porter. Because then I think if Porter, if I'm trading Porter for like a Keldon Johnson. Because then I still need more shooting. And Rocco, like, he's a high volume, like, pretty decent. 
pretty good three-point shooter. That's if I do it for Kelton. If I don't do it for Kelton, I'm not doing it. Uh, the other trade I had was Gordon for Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's a 4-3, 3-4, whatever. He's both of them. He's like a like a really good role player. And, um, you know, high-volume three-point shooter, a good defensive player. And I think he would be, he would fit really well next to them. And I think Gordon, he just had more talent to Dallas. And I think that's exactly what they need. Just more talent. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith's a nice player, but he's a nice role player. Aaron Gordon's like a super role player. But, you know, I think just fit-wise, it makes more sense for both teams. And the last trade I had was Aaron Gordon for Kyle Anderson. Because I think Kyle Anderson's a player... He, he just, he's just a better player. Honestly, Aaron Gordon's a bigger name because he's been in like the dunk contest and like he has a lot of highlights and whatnot. But Kyle Anderson's probably a better player and he's probably a better you know fit on the Nuggets for the future and if they're trying to win seriously because he's a better shooter he's a better decision maker he's a better def- i don't know if he's a better defender but he's a damn good defender he's probably a better help defender and um he's, it's not like he's old as fuck or something like he's he's solid and um i just think he's i just think he's much smarter so and if you're the if you're the um, the grizzlies you just get a more you don't get a better player, but you get a more talented player. And you can, like, convince yourself, oh, you know, for the future, now we got, you know, Ja, Triple J, Aaron Gordon. Like, you know, Triple J is going to play center at some point, And then we have uh, Aaron Gordon there. So it's just something to think about. I'm not sure about that one, but, you know, it's just one I threw out there just to see. And I don't know. Like, I'm not that serious about it, but, like, there's definitely some I was serious about, like the Porter Jr. for Mikel, Porter Jr. for OG. Uh, you know, those type of ones I'm serious about, like Gordon for, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, Ross for Joe Harris, Ross for Oubre, um, Terry for Zubak and Bev, Terry for Tim Hardaway, uh, Hayward for, you know, uh, what's his name, Reddish and Gallo, Hayward for KP, like those ones... I'm, like, pretty serious, but I feel pretty good about those ones. All right. Uh, that was a long trade section. I, I think I only talked about the game for, like, 15 minutes. It's about to be almost a 50-minute episode. Um, did I have anything else to talk about? Anything else going on? Is anything else really going on in the world? I'm sure there is. I'm just not... Like, I was, I was, I was at work the other day, and this man, um, he walks around outside my work. Because my work's, like, in a neighborhood... And he was walking around it, and, you know, I was talking to him, and I was like, yo, I got my second dose. And for the people that haven't gotten the second dose, what, like, what I felt was for 12 hours, I was fine. Then for the next 12 hours, I had, like, a headache. Not like, like a, I would say, like, a 6 out of 10 headache, but I was feeling really cold. Not really cold, I would say, like, pretty cold. I was feeling pretty cold for, like, the next 12 hours. Then 12 hours after that, I was fine. My arm was hurting a little bit, but, like, I was doing fine. Um, so it's like a... 36 to 48 hour cycle but then you're fine after that i'm sure like it's different for other people obviously but i was talking to this guy and he, you know he i was talking to him and i was like yeah i got my second dose i'm good and he's like no actually there's like the you gotta pay more attention there's like this other like delta virus and i knew about it but i wasn't i just wasn't fully aware of like how harmful it was and then he just kept talking about like, oh shit maybe i do have to pay more attention to this so that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna pay more attention to the news 
or try to at least. I'd say stuff like this, but I'm not like ever fully sure if I'm gonna do it. Whew. What else? Anything else I need to talk about? Oh shit. Fucking bird almost just hit me. What the fuck? Um, I saw a squirrel the other day, and my thought was, you know, pound for pound, I think squirrels are probably, like, the strongest animal. Because you look at these motherfuckers, and, like, you just made them, like, bear size. I feel like they would beat the fuck out of a bear. Like, if you just made them as big as bear, they would beat the shit out of everyone alive. Like, no one would ever have a fucking chance. I guess you could say the same thing about ants. I guess you could say the same thing about ants. Like, if you made them... Like, even human size, like, they would be fucking crazy. But I'm gonna go with squirrels still. I just think they, I just think there's something about squirrels that's like, oh shit. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today. Alright, thanks for listening, everyone. Your love is key.